Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Call to Maction. Today is Friday, October 30th. And uh, Eric, we are uh, we are five days away from the Mac football season. I can't believe uh, that this time is finally here. I guess it's not here yet. I don't want to jinx it uh, by any <laughs> means. But, um, you know, when, when you think Mac football, uh, we, we got to bring on one of the premier voices and uh, of the Mac and of Mac football and basketball, Mr. Michael Ray guy, uh, Mr. Ray guy, how you doing this, uh, this afternoon? And, and thanks for joining us today. Jeremy, Eric, you guys are too kind and yeah, man, I, I'm starting to feel it. I, uh, I, I agree with you. We've still got five more days as we, uh, we do your podcast, but uh, we'll keep fingers crossed and I've already, t- I talk to the football gods every day, more than once a day, and make sure that they've, uh, they've got Maction high on their list of uh, being easily done as we get started here. So hopefully that's the case, but can't wait. Yeah, and I, I know you've been, you've been itching uh, to, to get back in that booth. What's, what's the, the first feeling going to be like when you put on that headset again? Yeah, Eric, I tell you, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I haven't called uh, any game since March the 10th when right <laughs> before, of course, um, the Mac men's and women's teams came to uh, Rocket Mortgage in downtown Cleveland, what was at that time to start the Mac tournament. <laughs> As we know, uh, the men's side did not, uh, did not happen. So yeah, I, I, I'm ready, man. I, uh, you know, I'm a prep freak anyway, so I guess I've just gotten more and more and more time to, uh, I've talked to a lot of the coaches and, and, uh, you know, and, uh, make sure throughout the summer that, uh, they didn't forget about, uh, still having to get their teams ready. So it was, uh, it, it was good in that vein that, uh, a lot, a lot of time to get prepared to start, uh, what's going to be this regular season. So, um, again, let's hope it goes off without any, I mean, hitches and glitches. Yeah, I was going to bring up, I mean, we, it does, well, now it feels like years ago, but I remember you coming on with us prior to the Mac basketball tournament to preview things. And, and, you know, now here we are starting things up again. Um, And, and, you know, I think we're all excited talking, talking with our head coaches the last two days. I mean, you could hear it in their voice that they're just excited it's not even the game. It's just to get a little normalcy out on the practice field and they're happy for their kids and happy to be game planning. And that's, that's what we're all, uh, you know, that's why we're all in these, this business clearly is, uh, is, is we, we like it. We all have a passion for it. So, you know, again, um, what, what have you been doing? So we talked to you, um, you know, right before the basketball tournament and now we're gearing up for football. What, what have you uh, have been spending your time in this COVID world? Yeah, well, uh, a lot of things taken care of around the homestead, Jeremy. You yeah, know, of course. Yeah, none of us have any more. You're a, you're a, a, a new dad and and uh, all that goes with that. But, um, you know, all the things that you got to do on a daily basis around the homestead. I didn't have no more excuses. No more. You know, I always said I'm going to write a book called I Can't. I've Got a Game. You know, but of course I'm without those excuses now or haven't been anyway. So yeah, a lot of that. And, um, oh, it was a blessing, you know, uh, my son Cal was entering his senior year at, 
at Westlake High here in Cleveland. He uh, he's played on a pretty strong uh, travel baseball team for the last many years. So at least for you know about three months in the summer, got to uh, follow him around the uh, the state of Ohio and and uh, you know just so great to be able to at least uh, you know watch your kids play. So yeah. that was pretty much my summer. But like I said. Uh, Always had football uh, ready to go here, so it's it's great that we've we've got that happening. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and then I mean, talking about football, you you brought it up. I mean, what uh, what can we expect? I know there's not a lot of things we can actually expect these days with with everything going on, but what are some things you've been noticing? Some teams that that maybe we should look out for uh, heading into the first week of the season. Everything I, I, I certainly is uh, something that we've never seen before, Eric. So, I mean, I, you can just tell in talking to the coaches and in uh, on the uh, the MAC head coaches uh, calls that we've had in the last few days, I think you can hear it from them. There is some, uh, while there's great excitement, as you said, there's also a lot more of the unknown for them this year. I mean, uh, what, Jim McElwain in Central Michigan, They, I, I believe – they got in 10 spring practices. I believe Mike New and Ball State got in a couple. Uh, I don't want to keep going because, you know, maybe I'll miss somebody. But, but the point is, is that none of this has been regular at all. I mean, this is something that is just uncharted territory for everybody. And I've, I've felt so badly for the head coaches of the programs and the players because, um, you know, without that normalcy, you know, uh, whatever, if you're a division one athlete, man, woman, you know, you, you, you get this, your year, everything is so routine. Now, you know, what your, your responsibilities, your accountabilities, uh, your workouts and everything that go with it. And none of that has been anything what even resembles normal. So it's going to be different. It's going to be interesting to see. And I think we're going to find out though, uh, honestly, what it's going to tell us is, um, you know, I think the, the, the programs in the MAC that uh, come out and show that they have really capitalized on the small amount of time they had and by playing well. And I do think the teams that have more returning veterans now, guys, are, are probably, or I would expect them to be, a little bit uh, more fine-tuned here as we begin next week, and and so I think that's something you got to look at. A team that uh, teams that uh, have lost a lot of experienced players, lost a lot of starters, lost a lot, you know it it may be a little bit of a rough go to begin with, but we'll have to see. You know the these coaches, I have such great respect for them. There, uh, we've always been blessed with guys, and you know we, we we've got such tremendous men and football minds as that not only the head coaches but in the staffs of these programs in the MAC and and I think uh, we're going to see that early on in how they've managed to get through these uncharted waters with their programs and their kids. No I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that I mean we've seen it in the NFL the last you know eight weeks with with no preseason games it's really you know you hit the ground running right yeah and so um, a lot of these programs like you mentioned are going to be relying on those veterans and and stuff so I, I think I think you bring up a great point there yeah and we'll see if uh, again all of that bears fruit now again that's not to say I mean you know we've 
we've got some young men that are getting their first opportunities now, uh, you know, whether they're quarterbacks in the lead position or just young men that are now have been backups, right, that are going to be heavily counted on now. Maybe they've got, maybe they're a redshirt freshman or even a third-year sophomore and have had, you know, small opportunity because they were backing up a quality a starter for a year or two. Now it's their opportunity. And they're going to have to come in and, and you know, as we said, uh, can they get up to speed quickly in game competition? Well, uh, that's the biggest thing I've taken from every one of the head coaches that I've talked to. You don't know. I mean, again, because these young men, of course, they like them. They believe in them. They're quality young men. But, you know, again, they've been backups for the first year or so in the program. And now the repetitions uh, on game night are going to get way more advanced. So, there's the unknown for, I think, every head coach that I've had a chance to speak to and who've discussed their programs with me. Sure. And, and just, um, you know, what you, Eric kind of asked a question, but who, who are your, we, we released the preseason poll this week. Uh, who, who's your favorite in the East and who's your favorite in the West? Yeah, Jeremy, and I'm uh, always uh, counted it as, uh, you know, something I take great pride in. I was being a part of the, uh, the Mac uh, preseason poll in both football and basketball. And uh, in the East, I really like what Lance Leipold and the Buffalo Bulls have done. Um, they are, I, I think, they're one of those programs that to me, they've got enough vets guys, you know, they've got enough guys who have been through this. And I mean, uh, Jared Patterson, come on. I, he's one of the best running backs in uh, all of the FBS, in all of college football. I think he's outstanding and there early, you know, when you're starting with a, uh, you got a sophomore quarterback like Matt Myers and yet a strength of a, a very good offensive line uh, for Lance Leipold, you might see a workload that, you know, is beyond even anything we comprehend. We could comprehend for, for Jared Patterson. I mean, he's that good. And I think that he can withstand that and, if he needs to carry the Buffalo Bulls for, you know, let's say a couple of games, um, I think he's got the capability to do that. So um, I like Ohio as well. And obviously what Kent State and Miami have done the last couple of years, I don't think you can count them out either because you, we've seen the quantum leaps that those two programs have taken. But uh, if you ask me to pick one, I'm going to go with Lance Leipold and the Buffalo Bulls in the East. Okay. And West, yeah, yeah, West. Yeah. West uh, guys, I, I, I'm going to, uh, I see a, for them. I mean, when you say, you know, around a 500 record, right. For the Toledo Rockets, you say, Whoa, wait a minute. You got that right. Cause you know, as we know, um, they have been uh, one of the bellwethers of the mid American conference for what, uh, you know, uh, a, a decade plus now. So, I'm a big Jason Candle guy. I think he uh, hit, and and I do think that they've, uh, especially defensively last year. You know that that wasn't what we normally see from Toledo defensively. I mean, you know, in the last uh, half of the season, giving up 35 points a game. That that that's not normally Toledo defensive football. So Jason Candle went into his, uh, you know, for those elsewhere. There's one of the maybe the strongest division three program uh, in the country, uh, the Mount Union Purple Raiders here in Northeast Ohio. And um, Vince Karras, uh, who has been the very successful head coach there, uh, 
national championships played in them for his father, Larry Karras. Anyway, Vince Karras is now the new defensive coordinator at the University of Toledo. Jason Candle, who is a Mount Union uh, alum and player, um, uh, has hired him to be that DC. And I know Coach Candle thinks that uh, it's going to show market improvement with his defensive side of the football. We know offensively, uh, I think Toledo with uh, Bryant Kobach and Shakif Seymour, running backs behind another, uh, you know, a, a rather experienced and veteran offensive line. I like Toledo with that defensive improvement I'm anticipating to uh, win the Mac West. That's great. And great in, in-depth knowledge from, from Michael Regan. Always, always. always. Yeah. That's why we have him on. I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, you also touched on the amount of youth we have in this conference and it has been for mm-hmm. the last few years. I mean, we saw the uh, emergence of, a, you know, a great quarterback last year at Miami with Gabbert and, um, people like that. So uh, I want to ask you, maybe give us one or two sleepers that maybe we saw a little bit of last year, um, but maybe have a chance to, you know, kind of have a breakout season this year. Yeah. I, you know, uh, program wise, I, I, um, I really see Jeremy like this uh, Scott Leffler and the Bowling Green Falcons. I think they've got a shot to really turn some heads this year. Um, you need to keep uh, an eye on and, and listen to the name of Matt McDonald, guys. He was with Coach Leffler when Coach Leffler was the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator at Boston College. And uh, they brought him last year. We all thought that Matt McDonald was going to be Bowling Green's starting quarterback a year ago. Well, Jeremy, as I'm sure you're well aware of, I mean, you know, we got into, I'll just say, you know, a lot of NCAA eligibility issues and what have you. And right before the first uh, game last year, it was was decided that Matt McDonald would not be eligible to play for Bowling Green last year. So here he is now with another year to, um, you know, prepare, albeit uh, again, without spring practice and a shortened summer, but Mac McDonald, you know, is, I think is uh, a quality quarterback that has the potential to do a lot of big things with Scott Leffler. And I know one thing about Scott Leffler, I've known him uh, since his high school playing days uh, here in, at Barberton wow. in Northeast Ohio, really quality offensive football coach. Um, you know, so I believe, uh, again, Matt McDonald, keep your ears out and eyes open for that name because I think you're going to be seeing him uh, with some uh, real uh, oomph and real juice to that Bowling Green offense without question. And, um, you know, on the west side of things, I I, I can't really say there are sleeper guys, but I really like Mike New and the job he's done at Ball State. Um, Again, you know, when you look at, Quarterback, running back, uh, the uh, the skill positions. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Drew Plitt, experienced quarterback, I think, who is just touching the beginning to touch and show the type of uh, things that that he can exploit as now a veteran quarterback. And uh, of course, you you then you Caleb Huntley, you've got the running back, and in Justin Hall, you've got a premium wide receiver. I think those three potentially. I mean, uh, what Ball State averaged almost 35 points a game last year. Oh, I think they'll continue to do that. And as we said to Mike New, Jeremy, 
do you think they've got more in your toolbox? And right, right. I think he's very, very positive that they do. So I'm going to go Bowling Green in the East, Ball State in the West as two teams to keep an eye on and uh, really see if old red guy knows what he's talking about. He <laughs> could make a move in 2020. Well, we will definitely see, and we, we can't wait for that. I mean, uh, I think, as we've said, year in, year out, uh, until that season starts, I mean, there's surprises around every corner, and that's what makes this conference so fun to follow. Really, in every game, uh, someone has an opportunity to win that game, and and we've seen it time and time again, and uh, sometimes we've seen uh, certain schools. I mean, we just look last year with Central Michigan's turnaround, and, yeah. um, you yeah. know, can, can a team like – BG do something like that and turn things around. Uh, you know, it's, it's so that's, that's what makes this all so exciting and, and that everyone uh, can't wait for us to, to all get back to see how it unfolds for sure. Um, kind of wanted to bring up two kind of lighthearted topics here to end our call. And one is uh, with you starting to, to make the rounds here. I don't know how it's all laid out. If, if uh, you know you're traveling every site these days or whatnot, but it doesn't really matter what's happening this year. I want to know uh, when it comes to football season. We may have asked you this around basketball time, but what what is your uh, favorite road trip to make in the MAC? And it's a different question, but where's your favorite place to take a road trip, city wise or college campus wise? And then what's your favorite uh, place to call a game from? Those two, those two may be different answers. Mm. Wow, you try to pin me down here because <laughs> you know there are multiple, multiples. So, uh, can I quickly give you one, two, and three for me? I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, no, but there's there's three campuses, and you just mentioned it, Jeremy, for the environment and atmosphere of a football weekend. And we'll stick with football right now. I mean, I I love going to these places for basketball too, but we'll stay with football. And for a football, now this is no particular order right now, okay? No particular yep. order. No, no, of course not. All right. I love going to, I love the scene in Mount Pleasant uh, uh, at Kelly Short Stadium. You go up there, say it's a noon kickoff at 8 o'clock in the morning in that south end zone, and I'm up there at the television booth, and you look out into that south end zone, and, man, it's nothing but maroon and gold having a great time. <laughs> No doubt. We get there hours before kickoff. So I really love that. Same thing can be said uh, about, um, about for me all the years going to Peden Stadium and uh, getting ready to call on that beautiful campus uh, in Ohio Bobcats game. Again, same thing. I mean, just the, you know, you start to get into color, you know, that Bobcat green is all over that campus. And I, 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 the atmosphere for me, I think, is phenomenal. And uh, oh, yeah. Pretty damn impressive football program, too, that Frank Solich has put together. Sure. And then, uh, you know, again, Jeremy, just for you, but no, for real, I've always loved going to the Doit. Um, I first called a game there in 1986 wow. at Doit Perry. So that even that predates you. You're too young for that. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, back when Brian McClure, who I still talk to, was yeah. – just such a, a phenomenal Bowling Green quarterback and really got that program rolling and then into another good friend for Eric White in the early 90s with, uh, with um, you know, Coach Blackney and that program. But I really love the, uh, the atmosphere, the environment, what football means to him. 
And, um, and then, so, well, there's my three, there's my top three. And now also I, I only, I'll add them because they are not, uh, haven't been in the Mac as long, but love going to UB stadium in Buffalo too. Sure. Um, it is a, a, yeah, again, terrific environment. And, uh, I mean, it feels like, you know, you're up there on a football Saturday, that's football too now. And I think, as I said earlier, Lance Leipold is, uh, has got that program really starting to roll now. So, um, again, I, I, I enjoy them all, but you asked me to uh, pin it down. So my top three, no four in no particular order are, are uh, you know, Central Michigan, Ohio, Bowling Green, and Buffalo for the environment, environment, the excitement, the atmosphere, and just the football feeling on those campuses. Sure. No, no question. And I'll end it with this uh, outside of football. You you've been all over the conference. Uh, and, and what, are there any places outside of the stadium when you go in these, uh, when you go on these trips to every campus, are there some must uh, see spots uh, that you, that you have to visit uh, outside of uh, on campus? Must see spots. Yeah. Are there some places where, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to you say, socializing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you, you know, giving a little, uh, well, how could you not like Duff's in, 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 in Amherst, right? Yeah. University of Buffalo. Yep. I mean, come on, you're there in a football weekend. You got to eat some wings, don't you? Sure, sure. You got to have some wings and uh, possibly some some suds with it. Well, you know, Duff's is a spot for that. Um, where else? Uh, well, you know, you can't forget, uh, you know, and uh, the uh, the famous uh, beer exchange, right? Yeah, um, beer that's, exchange, good spot. Yeah. That's Kalamazoo, huh? Yeah, and Cal, I'm just letting people Kalamazoo, know. That's in Kalamazoo. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, I should, you're right. Thank you for saying that. I should, uh, that's Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, a Western Michigan staple to be sure. And there are so many. I remember Kaufman's used, used to be a just fabulous spot on the Bowling Green campus. Um, honestly, uh, anywhere you want to go in Athens, Ohio, there on Main Street, Cat's Eye, Paupers, I mean, wherever you want to go. There, there are just so many, Jeremy, that I – I could probably go through, we could go through all 12 pro and I'd give you one for each, but uh, yeah, many, many places that are, that are just must do's on football weekends. Well, Hey, uh, you know, we, we uh, appreciate you coming on with us today and highlighting some of our teams. And then, uh, you know, just you talking about uh, whether it's a feeling of, of game day on campus or certain places you go, it's just, I can't wait till we can all kind of go back to, to seeing that again, you know, seeing that maroon and, and gold out in that uh, Kelly shorts uh, parking lot or seeing all the green uh, Bobcat flags flying or, uh, you know, checking out some of these places on the night before a game day. And uh, you know, that's, we'll, we'll get there. I know we will all get there and uh, you know, this season's going to be a little, different than most but it's just it's just great that uh you know come wednesday night uh you know and and midweek action being back that uh it, it will feel a, a little normal again and, and what better time for the mac to come back than that uh first wednesday in november yeah we've all endured a lot right i mean we've it's it, it's been it, look it's been a rough go and i think uh we show that uh, all of us uh, around the mid-american conference of college football that 
you know, we're tough. We knew what we were all involved with. And of course that starts with, uh, as we said, the head coaches and, and the players and uh, administrators too, and all the programs, but fans, I mean, fans too, this is, this is difficult. It's not been easy. And, uh, and now that it's almost here, uh, everybody really give yourself a, uh, a good couple of claps or so you job well done. And uh, let's enjoy the action as it begins next week. I know I am. And, I've got uh, West, my partner, Dustin Fox, and I have Western Michigan at Akron on Wednesday night to start it off on the, uh, the ESPN platform and family and network. So really looking forward to starting it out with, uh, with uh, Tim Lester and his Broncos program, uh, going to see Tom Arth and the Akron Zips. And I just hope everybody, you know, gets a chance to follow Maxion to the best of your ability this season. Six games, so there's a lot on the line. And uh, as we've been saying, you know, the coaches, uh, uh, the coaches have uh, put in a lot of time and effort with this. So let's have fun starting next week. Absolutely. And I, I think we'll, Jeremy and I will both be ready uh, when your, your beautiful face pops up on that TV screen for us. So I think we'll be ready. Well, I don't know about the beautiful stuff, here, but, but you know, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll look to uh, we'll look to get it rolling Wednesday night from Infocision Stadium at the University of Akron. Sounds, Sounds good. great. Thanks again. You got it, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, welcome back to our Taking Maction segment of the, the Call to Maction podcast. Uh, we welcome on two very special guests with us today, uh, Maggie Rogers from uh, Western Michigan Women's Soccer and Emma Sampson from Toledo Swim and Dive. Guys, how are you today? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I'm good. I'm doing well. This is my first time being on something like this, so I uh, appreciate it and uh, ready to go. Yeah, well, I I want to I want to first bring up uh you know we're taping this and uh you know I I got to throw it in there but Emma had to uh make her bed before we could start today <laughs> and, and it looks great but uh we we appreciate you know the cleanliness and and getting through today I just want to bring that up. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, well I was confused at the start because I was like why do you need to make your bed but now that it's in the frame it kind of makes sense. <laughs> When I was doing like virtual job interviews, I had like my whole room like changed around for job interviews and I didn't even think of, do- of doing that today. Um, so yeah, the, the bed, the covers need to be pulled up for the background today. Well, I, I think I could speak for both Eric and myself uh, that you're way ahead of both of us. Yeah. I have a feeling. Yeah. 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 I'm in the office, so you can't see anything, but I, I, would, I would probably guess that the bed is not made. It's it's one one ten in the afternoon here, and I just ate breakfast. So. <laughs> really getting after it today. We yeah, yeah, it is Friday. Friday. Well, Friday. hey guys, we we are bringing you on today. Uh, we've been doing taking action episodes the last two months, two months and change. Um, uh, tons of really important topics out there that we really wanted to hit on. We know as a COSA group, you guys lead the charge, being leaders, uh, not just in that room, but on your campuses and. Uh, dealing with SAC and and whatever it may be. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked mental health, we've talked voter education, we've talked diversity, equity, and inclusion. And today we're talking about women empowerment. And I uh, wanted to have you both on to, to kind of speak to that. And, and thanks for joining us. Uh, first, and we'll direct kind of the questions here. Emma, we'll start with you. Just 
what does women empowerment mean to you? And, and, you know, how do you see that in your own life? And once Emma gets done answering, uh, Maggie, we'll go to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's such a big topic, but I think it's one that all female athletes need to have at like the center of their attention and the center of their mindset every single day is that we are strong, um, athletes, we are strong people and overall we are strong women. Um, so for me, I would say it's extremely important, but it's not important in one single way. I think it kind of like flows throughout all different parts of your life. I mean, um, being a student athlete, we can talk about, you know, being strong in the weight room, being strong in your races, being strong at your sport, but it goes on a, a lot further than that. Um, you know, being strong as an individual, strong in your sense of self, um, strong in your um, like compassion towards others, compassion towards yourself and things like that. It's, re it's really, really hard to describe. I'll be honest, when the question got sent to me, I was like, that is a, a really big question and one that I feel like there's not one good way to answer because there are so many different ways that, that it's present and that it should be present. Um, and I've been really, really lucky. Our team is led by a strong woman. We have a female head coach, which is rare um, in college swimming and in college athletics, I feel like. So it's really, really cool. And it's been new. It was just new last year to have, you know, a strong female leader leading us. And I feel like it's become more present in my life because of that. Um, just day in and day out being led by somebody that that empowers us, um, empowers herself and feels empowered, um, you know, throughout practices and things like that. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think Emma hit it right on the button. Like you can't, you can't go one way about having this kind of conversation um, with a topic like this. And it's funny, my experience growing up as sports, um, as a female is kind of opposite from her. I've only had um, two female coaches throughout my entire life. Um, so this is definitely um, something new to me. And you know, this topic, like she said, can go so many different ways. So I'm continually um, learning um, in my role, how I can be better, but also to support um, you know, my fellow companions uh, like Emma at this age. But, you know, when I thought what women empowerment means to me, um, you know, I thought it's women taking control of their own destinies and leaving their own legacy and what they want to make um, an impact and believe in. And like she said, across so many spectrums, so socially, educationally, um, economically, and psych psychologically, um, and what we can do to support each other is just advocate and support um, for the women who do have higher roles and have um, more of a say in the positions they're currently in. Jeremy, I'd just like to point out that Emma outed us that we send them the questions early. We, we gave her time to. Prepare. That's all right. We're we're a really good planner. We may not make the bed, but we have yeah, questions. Yeah, we do send them. the questions out early. No, my my first question to you guys is is do you have certain women in your life that you kind of look up to? Emma, I know you mentioned your coach um, now, but is there any other um, women in your life that you kind of look up to um, towards this topic? And we can start with you, Emma with me again sorry yeah okay yeah um I mean yeah definitely Brie um was new to our team last year and that situation was kind of a little bit crazy uh it was a fast coaching switch none of us really saw it coming um and she like really stepped right up to the right up to the plate and hit the ground running and our team had you know no sort of error in the transition and no sort of like fluctuation in how we were um doing or how we were feeling she just really like you know 
saw the team, met the team two weeks later, she was the head coach of the team and um, like took the beat of the team and went rolling with it. So uh, that's obviously been really inspiring. Um, it's really, really awesome to have that in college as well. Cause I feel like that's when so many women are like finding themselves and finding their voice. And so being able to be led like that um, at this age is really unique. But then other than that, um, my grandma has played a huge role in my life as a mentor. Um, like really, really big. I mean, she was the person that got me involved in swimming in the first place. And so like, here I am swimming in college my senior year. Um, and that was all because she took me to the YMCA to do swim lessons. And so um, kind of like, I mean, what we were saying before, this is so like all encompassing. I can't really say one thing about her um, that like, you know, makes me feel empowered or makes me feel like powerful or whatever it may be other than her compassion. I mean, she has this such natural sense of like, compassion and saying what you almost need to hear um but like supporting you while she's saying it type of thing that you make your own decisions but she's just like such a a big part of that role um and like she's really really good at like reading the room I guess is a good way to say it um and like pushing you towards like your next ambition your next goal um and your next like destination type of thing and so growing up, that was really, really special to have that relationship with her. Um, but then it's been really cool to continue that relationship with her through college. Um, even though I'm not like right around the corner from home, I'm about three hours from home. So I don't see her very often. Um, but I would say that like, she is definitely part of who I am today. And like, she's like molded a lot of different parts of me and a lot of different aspects of my life. Yeah, I'd say for me, um, you know, the biggest reason why I've enjoyed sports so much throughout my life and how such of an impact it's had is because of the people um, in that, that I've played with and the coaches that I've had. Um, you know, one person in particular is one of my high school basketball coaches who I've ha had for the past um, two years. And, um, you know, she taught me so much about just improving myself on the court, which as Emma can probably tell you as well, you know, in the pool and on the field and in the classroom like you learn so much that translates it translates into you into your normal life and you know when you move on to the professional world as well looking for jobs um so she taught me so much just about myself and you know how how much i can really dig deep to to be better um and then another person is my mom who's worked in uh the re relocation and, and business field her entire professional career um you know and just to see what she's done and and the people she's worked with um you know and just as a woman it, it's it's not easy um you know and she's gotten rules over male sometimes and you know for her to be in some com uncomfortable positions in in that way um you know i think just as it has inspired me just as much um and it's funny what i mentioned earlier looking at these questions beforehand and kind of preparing um, I saw this quote from Doris Burke. It was from an interview um, with Mike Greenberg. And I thought this just spoke volumes on the kind of person she is. So from Doris Burke quote, if somehow I made the path easier for the woman who come behind me, nothing I've done professionally would mean more to me. Um, you know, and I think that just spoke volumes as, as the person she is now and, um, you know, the work she, it took for her to get to where she is. You know, she has everything to lose in her career right now. Um, you know, and for her to say that, you know, her inspiration is really the only thing that matters in the end to her, um, I think tells you a lot, you know, yeah. about what her purpose is. No doubt. And, and Doris, without question, one of the best and uh, just shows, you know, working hard and sticking with your passion and everything she does has gotten her to, to where she's gotten. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, 
she's definitely someone I know uh, many men and women look up to for sure. Um, you know, as we talk about being a leader and you guys kind of both touched on it a little bit and Maggie, we'll start with you on this, but you know, in your future, you guys, like I mentioned at the start of this, you're both involved in COSA, which already is kind of taking on a leadership type role. You know, you're, you're one of the two people from every university on that, on that committee, uh, you know, in your futures, what leadership roles uh, would you like to take on and, and how do you see yourself getting to that point? Yeah, for me, um, you know, being a senior as well, I've, I've looked into many different kind of career paths I'd love to take. Um, one is definitely in sports. And I think, you know, that, that Doris quote, um, Doris Burke quote kind of tells you all about, you know, the kind of women in that industry. So I think that'd be a That'd be a great path to take. And ultimately, I'm not sure what kind of leadership position, but I know that whatever that may be for me um, in the future, whether it is in sports, whether it is in also another interest of mine is business, um, the more business side of, of the corporate setting. So um, whatever way or whatever path I get to, um, you know, I think as a leader right now, girls on the team, especially the underclassmen, see me as someone they can come to um, for direction um, and advice because they do trust me. Um, and I'm a very personal person. Um, and I think anything that I do decide to go into, um, I'll definitely take with me. And I think COSA um, and SAC the past few years have been huge, um, especially for personal development in things that you do want to do, or maybe you necessarily don't want to do. So I think I'm um, still searching. I, I think grad school is the next option right now, but um, that'll be another step to where I can definitely grow as a leader in potentially the business and sports field. So. I just uh, thought of something when you were talking about Doris um, before too, and I totally forgot to mention it earlier and it didn't even come to my head, but I'm like a, a big nerd. Um, a little bit of like a history nerd. Um, I love like current events too. And so RBG um, is somebody that I like in eighth grade read a book about her and like became so fascinated um, by like the type of person she is um, and not necessarily like the type of decisions that she was making as a Supreme Court justice, even though a lot of those have impacted um, obviously our world as we know it, um, but just like the type of personality that she has and the ambition that she has um, and like the traits that she carries. So when I read that book on her, I just became so fascinated um, and like seeing her success in like a male dominated field um, was really, really cool and inspiring as like an eighth grader. Um, and I can't say that in eighth grade, I knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, I don't think anybody really can. And if you are, you're a special person. Um, but I definitely didn't know that, but like that, like kept my options open, like kept my mind open to be able to see something like that um, or read about something like that. And just like realize the sheer like power in that um, circumstance and situation. And so I would say like, for me, like, loving current events and um, like history and things like that. She's definitely somebody that like sticks out to me and you can throw Sandra Day and O'Connor in there as well. Um, while we're talking about Supreme Court justices, um, I've read books on both of them. Um, I love both of them um, and I've had a lot of fun learning about them. But uh, then relative to now, I mean, I did end up choosing a career field that is male dominated. I'm in mechanical engineering. Um, and so that's what I'll be doing next year after graduation um, is working as a full-time mechanical engineer. Um, I've actually already accepted a job offer for after graduation, which is really exciting to say. Um, but I mean, it's definitely not an easy situation when you're the only girl in a lecture or 
every single time I'm the only girl in a lab group or the only girl working on a group project or like through my co-ops, you know, being the only girl in the room. Um, so I think that like that takes a lot of, you know, inspiration from other people that have done it before me um, to have, you know, to walk into that room and not be scared. Um, I am definitely uh, driven towards a leadership position. Um, I think that, you know, being in those positions is so powerful um, and so like special um, kind of because of what Maggie said. I mean, you have this connection with people. I mean, all good leaders have connection with the people that they're working with. Um, and that's something that I like really strive for is being connected to the people around me. So I wouldn't say that I necessarily strive to be in the leadership position, but I strive to be connected to people. Um, and I think that those two almost go hand in hand a lot of times, like the leaders with me, the other SAC leaders on my campus, the other COSA leaders. I mean, I think that that's like the most extroverted group of people that you could find in the MAC. I think they're connected to so many student athletes um, just by having two of them from every school. And so um, having the people before me like kind of set the path um, really has led me to where I am. But as I move forward, I mean, I love what she said about Doris, like, make it easier for the people behind you, make it easier for that door to stay open, um, you know, like set the tone for the person that's coming after you. And I think that that can tie into so many different kinds of leadership, uh, so many different kinds of women empowerment um, and things like that. Yeah, and I mean, both of you have kind of mentioned, you know, going into a, a male dominated field. I think a lot of times, you know, when we talk about women empowerment, it, it flows on the idea that, you know, men are, are taken down or, or whatever. I mean, you know, what, what can, I guess, what phrase or, or nugget of information would you have for men to continue to try and build women up in, in those type of fields and, and things like that? And Emily, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough thing to say. I mean, because, because I'm not, um, necessarily a pro at this yet, I guess, <laughs> being in a, a male-dominated field. But I would say for me, I mean, there's nothing that comes from putting other people down um, in any situation, in any setting whatsoever. Um, so putting anybody else down is not the goal of women empowerment. Like no one wants to be a powerful woman and, you know, deteriorate those below you. It's like raising everybody up, like bringing everybody up a level, not just bringing a certain group of people up a level. Um, and I would say that's applicable to you know, women in sports, um, you know, no one said the men's team was worse because the women's team was doing well. Um, no one said that the males in the office were worse workers just because the females were doing a really good job and hitting their sales quotas. Um, nobody said that. Um, I think that like, that's something that often gets like misinterpreted is that like females wanting to climb the ranks and females wanting to climb the ladder means that like, we think that males are less suited to do it. No, it means that we think we're just as suited to do it and that we're going to do it, that type of thing. Um, so I would say that like, that would be my nugget of information is that me having the ambition to move up is not telling somebody else that they can move down, like compete with me um, for that next spot, like push me to be there too and I'll push you. Um, that would be my piece of advice. Going off of Emma, I completely agree. I think personally women empowerment is not a bad thing for men. I see it as inspiring and even more motivating for men. Um, and some things that males could do to be more supportive of it um, is to advocate for their female colleagues and shut down the negativity surrounding women empowerment. 
Um, and as little things that they can do is support women uh, run businesses and even having open and honest conversations about the matter um, for women to listen to the questions they may have. Um, again, no different than any other kind of uh, topic of discussion. I'm um, just being open to other people's views and questions they may have. Um, and I think men will absolutely gain the respect of sharing their opinion um, and having any questions answered that they might. So. Sure. And going off that, um, which was all very well said by both of you, um, you know, I have, I have a five-year-old daughter and a lot of what you guys are saying now is just like, I don't know. I've been like thinking about her this whole time uh, as you guys speak and just what I want for her and how I want her to be. And it's really important. It kind of drives to the next question of just like you all have young fans. You got people who watch you, you have siblings and cousins and, you know, um, you know, young, younger fans that look up to you as not just being a, a student athlete, but, uh, you know, as a role model to them. What what words, what things do you have to, to say to them um, moving forward? And uh, Maggie, we could start with you. Yeah, I think in general, um, from my personal experience, it's just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and the things you're interested in. Um, and if something intrigues you, you know, definitely go check it out and see what it's like. And, you know, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. And I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that definitely helps with personal growth. Um, participate in as many things as you can um, and just be confident in your abilities. Um, trust the process and be open to learning new things and, you know, just enjoy the ride. Time goes fast as Emma knows, four years flies by and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm unfortunate enough to have another year um, to play and, you know, go to school and get another, another degree. So if you, if you have that opportunity, definitely try and take it um, and just, you know, do what you think is best for you and trust your gut. Yeah, and then um, I definitely agree. And then I would say also like lean on the people around you. Um, no one got like, no one stays strong by being strong by only them. Like bring up the people around you with you. Um, I think that that's really, really important. Not only in sports, I mean, but you can see physical results in sports. I mean, if you have a team that's just meshing together, um, it's on a whole different level. Like they're totally elevated. Um, people can't even compete with them if everybody's on the same page. And so working really, really hard to bring your friends and your peers um, and your mentors to the same page, um, I think is huge. But then also for me, it's asking for help. I mean, no one expects you to know everything about everything. I mean, I feel like we think that way because, you know, school tests you on your knowledge, um, but that's not necessarily the case. And like we're tested on performance all the time, whether it's school or sports or anything like that. Um, but asking for help is huge. And I think that like the most like, growth-based settings that I've been in have come from me asking about something that I didn't know. Um, and that just ties back to what Maggie said too about like, you know, having those crucial conversations. If you don't understand something, ask. Um, and you might be surprised at what you learn, whether the person is older than you, younger than you, male, female, um, whatever it may be. I think that asking for help and asking questions is, is really, really huge. And I think that a lot of times we think of like, not knowing something or like having a question is like a weakness in a way um, that we feel like we have this like idea that we need to be all knowing or we need to know exactly what we're doing in every single role that we're in. But um, I've been surprised by that. And I've definitely learned a lot from just saying like, hey, I don't know how to do this. And it can turn into 
you know, so much more of a lesson than just that specific task. And so I think that that's really, really important um, for young girls. Don't be afraid to speak up um, and ask those questions. Don't think anybody's going to think you're stupid. Um, don't think anybody's going to think that you don't know what you're talking about and things like that. Sure. And, and you, you guys, I mean, nailed this topic. It was, this was great. Um, I feel like you could probably have your own podcast about, you know, women empowerment, like have multiple episodes, right? I mean, this is a topic that isn't going away. It's not going to go away ever. Um, and, and what you guys provided today is, is great. And, uh, and we want to thank you for that. I do want to end on one kind of fun note. Uh, we try to do this sometimes with our interviews, but I'll use Eric as once again, the guinea pig, like I normally do, but Emma, you're, you compete in the backstroke, right? Yeah, backstroke. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I am kind of encompasses okay. all of it. Backstroke fly and I am. Yeah. So but what is that? Two, 200 yards or 200 meter? I mean, meters, dude. Meters, meter. I'm sorry. Yards I, in college. I meant meters. Oh, yards in college. No more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is that 200 meter? Yards. Oh, yards. Yeah, you were right. Oh. The Olympics. The Olympics is meters, but NCAA is yards. Oh, see, learning a ton on today. <laughs> but you're in the 200 right yeah okay so if if eric had a 100 yard head start could you still beat him in the backstroke has he ever swam before i don't know yeah, no, I, yeah I know how to swim i don't know about backstroke though that'd be <laughs> yeah i'm more of a doggy pedal man myself <laughs> oh gosh well, i, I guess mean I guess so. I mean, though. I'm going to hide myself up and say, yeah, but I haven't seen it in real life to know. <laughs> Got a girl. I don't doubt it. I like it. I, I like I it. I say she beats me. Well, we're heading to Toledo. Eric, get ready. Yeah. We're going to have to tape that one. I'd, I'd love That's That's the content that we all want to see. And, and <laughs> we then do, uh, we want to get the football players to swim with us. We want to see how fast the football players could swim. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that sure. would be funny. And then yeah. we'll take the results from that uh, race between Eric and Emma and feature it on our first podcast, Emma. How about Perfect. that? <laughs> I love it. Hey, I think we're all about that. We've talked on our show, uh, various people from different sports on. I think it would be really fun to have some of us go out there and visit a yeah. campus and post COVID world, of course, um, and, and get and, and do some of these things. I think it'd be hilarious because yeah. there's not one thing I could probably do. Um, how about, <laughs> how about Maggie to you? If Eric was, you, you play a little soccer, right, Eric? Didn't you? Uh, a little bit, a little bit here and there. So if you were in goal, could, could Eric stop no. one shot? Um, from the penalty spot? No way. Yeah. From the PK on me, I'll say I'm kind of decent at him. So it may be tough <laughs> for you, Eric, but if you're against Bailey Corhorn or Morgan Otteson, um, Claudia Schelling, you may have a tough time getting upper 90, your hand on there. So I'd stick with me instead. <laughs> I'd also, I'd also let you know that I'm like five, nine on a good day. So I don't really, I don't really fill out the goal as well. As, as same, well so we're people. on the same page. Yeah. And, and I always bring up Eric, cause I know that I have no shot at any of these. I'm too old now and I can't do any of this stuff. I mean, <laughs> swimming, no chance. And uh, we brought a cross country runner on a couple weeks ago and said, you know, with a head start in a eight, eight kilometer race, I believe, like how, how much of a head start he said like five minutes. And I know that I'd probably still lose. And so, um, but it's always fun. It's one thing that I think down the road would love to yeah. see. I'd love to go, uh, you know, try to defend a spike in volleyball 
get in pool, uh, you know, get a, get a couple fastballs thrown my way on the, on the mound, off the mound. So, um, and then we'll let Eric take a football hit. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. We'll, we'll use I got enough. I got enough brain damage already. But hey, this was we, we did want to end it on a, a light note. But this was a really great. We appreciate both of you coming on with us today to talk about this. And like I said, it's a topic that we will be talking for uh, years to come. The Mac obviously is a leader in bringing all these topics to life. And uh, both Emma and Maggie, we want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.